Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. One of my younger friends asked me recently, how did you develop discernment? And that was really a beautiful and an honoring question. And I don't know that I have a full and complete answer, but I wanted to share a little bit about my own journey around, I guess, discernment or what what it looks like in my own life. So this is maybe sort of like notes along the way, as opposed to <laughs> here's a definite answer from someone who's arrived. <laughs> oh my. So first of all, I think it's helpful to just acknowledge straight up the scripture is the guide. And so it was very precious to me that I grew up in a family that honored the scripture. And I'm thankful that I didn't have any challenges with learning to read as some of my children have. So the uh, ability to be in the word and reading the stories, reading the scripture itself, listening to teaching, that's been something that has been a major part of my life, really as far back as I can remember. And so there's a sense like, if somebody's going to propose something, I have a reasonably good understanding of what is going to be scriptural and in line with what God says and what isn't. And that's not to say that there's nothing that could stump me from the word. I'm just saying, if you want to have good discernment, that's a really good place to start. Uh, I know I was so excited recently when I realized you can get the Bible experience on Audible for one credit, which, you know, credit is like 10, 12, 14 dollars. So, and it's beautifully acted out um, without being annoying. Like it's just the straight text, but they have good voice actors to perform it. And with Audible, you can listen to it at, you know, double, triple speed. And so, you can listen to the scriptures repeatedly while you're making dinner or folding laundry or whatever and just get it in your head get it in your in your heart and so i thought that that was really pretty fun i also grew up reading a lot of missionary biographies and then i had the gift of having almost 20 years as one of the reviewers the book reviewers for sunlight and so i read a lot of stories and even the ones that weren't necessarily the best written, there still often are just beautiful anecdotes, beautiful stories that help inform the way I see how the world works. And so that's probably another element is that we each get to start developing with God our catalog of stories of how God is at work in the world, how God is at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And Probably it would be lovely if I had my own encyclopedic um, compilation of all of those. I do not. (laughs) And so uh, at the moment, it's just all in my brain somewhere. And yeah, I don't know if that's something I should start doing. I think it's astonishing with the kind of voice memo to text transcription services like otter.ai. It makes recording things a lot easier than it used to be because you can literally dictate a message and then get all of those uploaded for transcripts. So depending on your 
dedication to recording the works of God or the stories that you read, that could be a really helpful service. But I mean, you could do it in other ways too. Take photos of uh, different pages as you're reading books or copy them in a journal by hand. There's lots of ways. But I think just that sense of start to compile, even if it's just in your mind, compile the list of stories of God's faithfulness. So then there's the element of saying, how does God speak to us in the world? And some of this is simply, we can use training in this. This isn't something that's super obvious. And I appreciated so much what my friend Michelle Dews said, that even Samuel, who heard the audible voice of God calling to him in the temple, Samuel, Samuel, still had no idea what it was and needed to go and ask Eli for some advice. (laughs) And so that should give us all hope that it's not actually obvious or easy necessarily. So we get to have people who have gone before who can teach us what it looks like to recognize the voice of God. I mean, even I was thinking about this today, John the Baptist, how he, uh, (laughs) he was, there was no one greater than John. And yet even he was like, wait a minute, Jesus, are you the one who was to come? Or are we supposed to look for another? I'm a little confused here. So I think what I appreciate about these different stories is it gives us such freedom to say, we don't have to have it all figured out right away. There's, there's flexibility, there's freedom there. And so for me, I felt like it was really helpful to know that there's at least one popular teaching would say there's kind of four main ways that we hear from God. And so we oftentimes will have one of the four that is a stronger dimension for us. And then, but we might have little bits of the other three. So the four in this teaching would be some people know things, they just know it. Some people hear things, some people see things, and some people feel things. And there's different elements or different ways maybe that you might recognize these four different categories. A seer is somebody who is going to say something like, I see a camel coming. And then, so that would be the seer. The hearer would probably say something like, oh, I just heard the scripture, Isaiah 60 verse 6, about how the camels are coming. Uh, A feeler, I don't think would feel anything about a camel. Um, (laughs) I think a feeler would probably be more along the lines of there is uh, something is off in the environment because I feel like I could throw up. Or um, I just am so joyful in this presence of the the celebration that's happening in this time of worship. So it's it's more like in the body, maybe a way of feeling something. And then knowing is like the deep certainty that comes. Like, I don't know how I know this. I don't know where this came from, but I just, I know it. And so I think we all probably have elements of these in our own experience, but it's kind of helpful to say, oh, does one of those rise up more strongly than some of the others? Or is there a way that if I know somebody around me who experiences one, can I figure out or can I go and be with them? Oftentimes what will happen is it's almost like we get a little bit of um, 
drag in the spirit, like the drag, like when geese are flying and the, the first goose is at the head and kind of breaks up the air pressure. So the ones in behind following in the V have that, it's just easier for them. They're experiencing that drag. I know for me, if I am with my sister, who is a very strong seer, I oftentimes will have a little bit more in the vision category or maybe slightly more vivid dreams while I'm with her. Just because her gift, she she carries it so beautifully. And so I get to kind of drag off of her gift and experience a little bit of what it would be like to be her, which is part of why praying in a group can be so fulfilling. And so, again, I don't know that this is complete around discernment, but from a basic starting place, I think it's helpful to say, first of all, you need to know the scriptures. What does God say? What does he not say? And part of that is also that we don't come and sit in judgment on the scriptures. Like, well, why didn't Paul just say that all the slaves should go free? Well, as N.T. Wright said, the enslaved people in his day, in Paul's day, would do the work that we would expect an internal combustion engine to do or any kind of little motor. They were the the cooks and the, or like the stoves and the washing machines and the dishwashers and the cars. And so, and because it wasn't racially motivated in that era, it was more like you haven't been able to pay your debts. Sorry, now you're imprisoned or you lost the war that we were fighting. So now we're going to take you as our labor force. It was just kind of a way of life. And the enslaved usually had a way of buying themselves out of slavery. So we might wish and want to sit in judgment like, oh, those horrible first century people. And yet that's not our that's not our responsibility, right? Our responsibility is to say, what is it that the scripture is speaking? And what is it that God values when we look at the entire scripture? That's going to give us, that's going to go a long way toward helping our discernment. And then as we look at the stories of saints through the ages, that can be so satisfying and fulfilling. And so, yeah, I think that that would be another just excellent example of starting to help gain discernment and then having a basic understanding of how God interacts with us. I know for me, reading Chris Valentin's book, Spiritual Intelligences, maybe it was singular, Spiritual Intelligence. Anyway, that one was very helpful. I, I know my mom, who has read more books than anybody I know, said that that was one of the most transformative books that she's read in the last decade. So uh, anything, <laughs> if you have somebody who's read uh, tens of thousands of books in the last decade, if there is one that they're like, this one was really helpful. <laughs> you're like, okay, let me go and look that one up. That's a good thing to know. So Lord, I ask that you would bless us with an increase in discernment. I ask that you would give us the ability to recognize when you're speaking and how you're speaking. I ask Lord that as we press in to you, that you would be continuing to show us what you're doing in any given day. We give you praise, Jesus. Amen.